Hi everyone, it's your girl Shekilola Salami on the most um, amazing podcast show, the Shekilola Salami show. How are you all doing today? Well, I don't know if you can hear from my voice, but you know, my cold is still there and so I'm still feeling a bit snuffly and feeling sorry for myself. Um, but yes, you know, no, no rest for the wicked or for the mom, like they say. So let's see, who have I got here with me today? You have Sharon Tukon here. And you have Hi, Yolanda, and you have Yolanda L. Robinson here. Hi Yolanda, how are you guys doing? Doing Thank awesome. You. Cool. Well, both of you came on at the same time. So who's first and who what would you like to drink? Uh, this is Sharon. I would like to have a white chocolate mocha. That'd be great for this morning. Mm, sounds nice. Well, the good thing about uh, you know the good thing about a virtual cafe is I don't even know need to know how to do anything. It's just a very futuristic type of thing. You know, you know one of those ones where you're like in outer space, so you just have this um, this um, ship, and then you just press the button and it comes out. So, what was the drink you wanted again? All I can remember was mocha. A white chocolate mocha. Okay. White chocolate mocha coming up soon. So whilst your drink is coming up, tell me about yourself, Sharon. Okay. I am Sharon Tucson. I have a, I'm having a starting a self-published uh, startup company. I've currently published two books. My first book was called Unfulfilled Desires, Lessons to Finding Your Father's Love. And this approaches the need for a father, both in heaven and earth, and how this uh, issue of father and fatherlessness is plaguing our society and just some of the things that I've gone through with my father being in and out of my life. So um, those are some memoirs and some healing things that have happened to me that I have shared very openly. And then my newest book is called Having Faith in Your Dreams. And this is my um, way of helping people to interpret their dreams that help them analyze their dreams for them. So not your standard book. You just look up something and you see, oh, a cow means this. Well, a cow means something different to everybody. So um, this will help you analyze your dreams for what you need to see and what understand what the message is in your dreams specifically for you. Interesting. I'm actually quite interested about that one. Okay. Well, by the way, I forgot to ask Naughty Naughty. What would you like to have with your white mo uh, chocolate mocha? Um, how about a little bit of a, maybe some lemon pound cake would be great. Some what? Lemon pound cake. Oh, okay. You know what? I don't have lemon pound cake, but I do have a carrot cake. Maybe a, a scone? Scone? Okay, okay. Well, you're not very demanding, are you? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm very simple, very simple. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We'll get you um, scones and cream teas then. Um, okay, that's fine. And Yolanda, what about you? Well, for me, I would like to have just a hot chocolate with lots and lots of whipped cream. <laughs> oh, you are a woman after my own heart. <laughs> Seriously. My one is extra chocolate because I feel like they never put enough chocolate in the hot chocolate, right? Yes. So lots I, always and lots of chocolate. I always have to say, can I have it extra chocolatey, extra milky? Um, and so you're a woman after my own heart. Lots and lots of whipped cream to just go there. Perfect. And what would you like to eat with your um, cake with your hot chocolate? Um, well, you mentioned carrot cake earlier, and I'm yeah. trying to make sure I can see well, so I think I have a small slice of carrot cake. Fabulous. A woman after my own heart. 
Yes, they were all come up. See, so whilst I'm nipping and trying to get us all, well, just press the button in my futuristic spaceship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what? Tell me about yourself. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Yolanda L. Robinson, um, and I'm an author and a radio and TV host. Um, I started out as being homeless. I was homeless and went through some things in my life, and I wrote a book titled Don't Be Bitter, Be Better, and it's about family, career, business, mistakes we have made in our lives, but are we to stay bitter or are we to move forward, you know? So um, I have a few other books getting ready to come out, um, a teen book and a book for ladies and a book for senior citizens, because I think that um, sometimes we go through things in our life, but we don't have a blueprint you know, something to say, okay, well, don't go down that road, (laughs) you know, so it was kind of like trying to help people to get back on the right track. No, fabulous. Yes. That's great. Yes, so that's who I am. No, it sounds, it sounds amazing because, you know, just saying it, I know a lot of people, especially women, can relate to the two of you because, you know, your, you know, your bios just sound, you know, um amazing and i'm like i feel like a kid in a candy shop now i don't even know who i want to interrogate now who do i go with first you know it's kind of like i would like to know what you think about dreams and how you decide you know how you interpret them but then i'm like okay so you were possibly at the bottom like literally the lowest you could go and yet you've been able to find the willpower to get from the bottom to where you are now because seriously, I don't think there's anything less than, you know, when you've been homeless before. Because literally, there's like, yeah. So, like, who should I go with first now? Dreams, dreams. Okay, you know what? I'll go with Sharon, right? Because I'm feeling like a kid in a candy, you know, candy store. And, you know, why I, I, I would like to know, you know, about your book is because, you know, I lost my mom. Um, let me see how many years ago. That was 2013. So, you know, four years and a bit. And I find that recent. And you know, the funny thing is today I was actually thinking about it that for the last few months or the last few years, every time I dream, I dream, it seems to have a setting in my family home, you know, the home that I grew up with my parents. And I always think a lot of times, you know, my mom always features in my dream. And in my mind, I think, okay, that's probably because I miss her. But it's kind of like, you know, to get like, so I'm quite interested. So how do you interpret that? Like how, how did you know how to interpret dreams? dreams? Well, the the background, for me was that I learned from here sorry um, that there are three types of dreams there are um, childhood fantasies things that happened in your past and there's day residue yeah. dreams, and then there's futuristic or goal-setting dreams so what okay. you've been dreaming about is your parents and I have those dreams too where I am transformed back to my home and I'm dating myself from the 1970s. <laughs> and it's like, everything is the same. The carpet is the same. The furniture is the same. It's the whole complete thing. So a lot of times those dreams are either taking us back to a time where we need to revisit something. We need to revisit a feeling. We need to revisit yeah. um, something that comforts us or something that maybe even we need to heal from. So there's a yeah. Could be a lot of things going on there, particularly with your mom. It's probably more of comfort if you've been thinking about her for through the course of the day. And this is a reoccurring dream that there's just a feeling that you uh, are still needing from her as far as your heart, her love. Um, I lost my mom as well. So I understand that feeling where my mom pops up in dreams. And for me, that's a comfort when I've had a tough day and I get a dream about her. It's sort of that breath of fresh air. And it's just 
kind of a reassuring factor that, oh gosh, there's someone's watching over me and I'm, I'm good. So there, there are some things that you can really define based on what happened in your childhood, what happened through the course of your day. And so for me, I had dreams starting from the age of 16 where I started dreaming about people and, and then I would see it come to fruition in two or three weeks and like, wow, there's something going on here that I really need to pay attention to. So I started- So you're Joseph the dreamer. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. I am. I've been accused of that. So, and I received that. That's fine. Um, but yes, I, I write them down. And then maybe a couple of years, couple of weeks, couple of days, it depends. Um, something will happen very similar. So a lot of times they're warnings as well. They're futuristic. So it just depends on where you are in life. Yeah. But so I understand that. But then I'm so for your book, right? You know, you've told, you know, you've written how people um, can interpret their dreams, right? Yes, for themselves. Correct. Yes, I think what I'm asking is, um, apart from the obvious, because it's kind of like somebody who goes to a psychic, right? And then the person, the psychic then goes, there's a man in your life. Duh, there's a man in everybody's life, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, and then they will go, is it your father? And then they look at your face, you're like, oh, like, oh no, maybe it's your brother. You know, that kind of like, so like, I'm trying to understand how, how you um, got to be able to show or teach people how to interpret their dreams. What was your background? Oh, oh so for, again, for me, it was, like I said, what uh, my own personal experience, but more than that, it was just looking at what was happening in my life and understanding how it was playing out. So let me see if I can give you an example. Maybe that, that will help a little bit. Um, when I was 16, I had a dream about my um, <clears throat> one of my professors in, in high school. And he said to me, when you love someone, you love them from the heart. And I yeah. thought nothing of the dream. I dreamt it over a weekend. And I was like, wow, that's just something he would say. He was just that kind of guy. Yeah. And so I didn't think anything of it. And I went to school um, the, that Monday. And he came out. He took attendance. And he was fine. And then he went back into his office and he said, I don't feel so well. Call the nurse up. The nurse came up and this man died of a massive heart attack. And so the whole heart message to me was that this man had a, a message in his heart that he wanted to share, um, but dying of a massive heart attack. And he told me, love somebody from the heart. I was like, wow, this is, there's something to understand there. And I think I was just kind of reaching um, a point where I understood that he had a message in his heart and I needed to at least be able to convey that. So part of this book, I feel like I'm conveying his heart in it a little bit. But furthermore, even understanding, like I had friends who um, would always dream about a guy trying to get into their home and attack them. Yeah. And it would be something they would dream. This was a reoccurring dream for them. And so yeah. as I know these two people, and that's part of it, it's kind of you almost have to ask yourself probing questions after dreams. So yeah. both of them had been molested. Both of them had been through bad relationships. And these dreams would occur for them when a new relationship would start. So they had felt like they were being attacked in their home, which is their body or their spirit or their mind, because... Yeah their dream, somebody was trying to get into their world and they were protecting their world because of the abuse they had suffered as children. Yeah. Hmm, that, that sounds interesting. Yolanda, what do you think about, you know, dreams? dreams? Well, being that I've lost my mother as well, I can truly relate and understand because, you know, growing up as an only child, we talked a lot. 
So that's what really prompted me to write my book. So I truly understand when you talk about dreams, how they take us back to, you know, a comfort place. You know, like some people have nightmares. I thank God I don't, I don't have nightmares because they scare me really bad, ladies. So, you know, but yes, dreams can be a comfort. And I truly um, understand what you're saying, Sharon, and thank you for that because we do need to be able to connect with our dreams. Yes, yes. And even the nightmares, I've, I've talked about nightmares in my book as well, because um, I feel like sometimes nightmares don't always, um, they're not really meant to scare you. And while they may, you have to realize with nightmares, you could have watched something bad on TV mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as day residue and played into your dreams. But if it's a nightmare like the young ladies were having with the guy getting into their house and that for them, they needed healing um, from their past hurts. So I really feel like the dream get revealed sometimes in nightmares to sort of um, awaken our unconscious, mm -hmm. that we're still hurting from something in the past that we need to get healing from. So there is um, a little bit of a connect there where if you had just a dream about it being sunny outside, oh, you might be like, okay, that was a beautiful dream. But if the nightmares sort of wake you up a little bit more and like, okay, why, why, why what is that about? And I think it really helps us to heal from the inside out. All right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, that, that sounds interesting. So now you, Yolanda, I'm quite, you know, just, you know, because I'm being really nosy because I find the two of you, you know, quite amazing. So you said you were, you know, you were homeless, you know, so tell us, how did you, how did you pick yourself up? Um, how I picked myself up was I refused to give up because it was like, when I tell people that I was homeless and, and, um, they may say, you know, when you're homeless, you know, what did you do? Where did you go? I went to work every day. My, my daughters went to school every day. You know what I mean? So we, we kind of not focused on that. So and a lot of people didn't even know that we were actually homeless at the time because I didn't I didn't make it a public thing. You, you know, I went to work. I work with people. I went to work every day like I had a place that I would go to at night. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just kept it going. And once I came out of it, that's when I told people that my daughters and I didn't have anywhere to stay. Mm. Were you living you in know? a car, Yolanda? I was living, actually, I didn't have to live in a car. I lived from pillow to post from somebody's couch. You know, you go to somebody's house and stay too late. Okay, okay. And you, and you end up having to stay overnight, you know, because like, I can't take the kids anywhere. You know, what I mean, like, well, it's too late, you know, to leave. You know, well, I guess we just leave in the morning time, you know, uh -huh. you know, things like that, you know, just going places and just overstaying your welcome. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. you got two little girls, you know what I'm saying? And right. you, you know, and you, you still have to keep it moving. So I was able to, to do that. And I, when I look at it now, sometimes I sit and I cry because it's like, how did you do that? Mm. How, how, I couldn't probably do it again because <laughs> nobody would invite me to that. And she stayed too long. Don't, don't invite her over. <laughs> she don't know how to leave. <laughs> you know? But it's, it's amazing how you're able to, even in your worst of times, think about trying to make it out, but you don't really know how you're going to make it out. But believe it or not, I was able to retire because I still went to work being homeless. I was still, I was able to retire at an early age. Wow. So, so I'm now retired and people say to me, wait a minute, how are you retired? Because I went to work. I didn't have anything else to do. Wow. You know, and my kids ended up graduating with perfect attendance because they went to school every day. What were we going to do? 
Right, right. They were getting their meals at school. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I made it work. And then, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't know if I could do it now, but I thank God that, that you know, we made it through. That's awesome. um, it just, we just made it through. No, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds, you know, amazing. I feel like I've got two really amazing women, you know, with me um, today. Um, so, but then, you know, what I thought I would, you know, like to ask you guys, you know, about how you deal with negative reviews, you know, it's just, you know, something um, happened over like a couple of days ago um, where someone had posted on Goodreads, you know, about how authors, and this was an author himself, um, you know, how authors can earn themselves a bad review, even if the content of their book, you know, is great. Um, and his, you know, pet peeve at a time was um, table of contents and says, well, if you don't have a table of contents, you know, it's like you're asking me to give you a bad review. So, you know, you guys have written, you know, really passionate books, you know, because it's come from a personal space or, you know, deep place within your heart. And, you know, as with all things in life, you know, not everybody is going to like what you write. Not everybody is going to appreciate what you write. So how do you then deal with negative reviews? How do you then deal with people who don't see the merits in the work that you put your, you know, you put your passion, your sweat, your hard work into, um, you know, how do you, how do you cope with negative reviews? Uh, this is Sharon. I think that, um, a lot of times something is just not the, the season for you to receive it. So I think you'll get a negative review. Like if, if um, you're not so much into fatherlessness or being homeless or into dreams, it's just really not going to be received well when you do read it. But if you've had a bad dream or you've got a crazy dream and you like, oh, I need to read that book, then I'm going to get a better review because I feel like individually people just, it's, it's where they're at in life. So I kind of don't take it personal. I just feel like, okay, they weren't ready for it. They're just not ready for what I have to say at this point in their lives. And I just kind of um, keep it simple with that and just keep it moving because um, there are people who need that. And I feel like the good reviews outweigh the bad. So um, it, it's always just where a person is able to receive what you write. Yeah. Um, so, but then would, have you ever found yourself, you know, responding to people's um, negative reviews or do you just ignore them? Um, I, I hadn't had, honestly, to be honest, I, I've only had two. And so I didn't feel like one lady said nothing special about this book, um, just average. So I really didn't feel like it war warranted response. I think she gave me three stars, which was, you know, still a good rating. And But um, she said it was nothing special. So I just felt like, well, maybe that just wasn't for her to read at that point. I didn't respond to it because I didn't feel like it warranted a big discussion. Um, yeah. Another review was a gentleman who I, I met at a, in a social event. And he says, well, do you, um, don't you give the view from the father's side? And I said, well, I can only give the review from the side I've experienced. I, I'm not a mm -hmm. father. I'm a woman who was fatherless. So I'm only giving the response from where I am. So if you have a response about something, then maybe you should write about it. And so I try to encourage people, if you've got a different opinion, then go ahead, write your story as well. Yeah. So how did you reply? Was this on Goodreads or was this on Amazon or where was this comment? The first one was on Amazon. Okay. Um, and the other gentleman was someone socially, I was at a social event. Ah, right. Well, I was 
face with him. And I said, hey, you should write a story too. If you feel like the other side of the story needs to be supported, then go right ahead, you know, but I can't write on something that I don't know about. Yeah. No, actually, that's, that's, that's quite cute, though, because as you were saying it, it kind of reminded me, and again, you know, if it's not your genre, you probably not, you might not know it, but I think, was it in the early, uh, late 90s, there was um, that TLC scrub, Scrubs, and <laughs> <laughs> there was then the reply, Pigeons, <laughs> no scrub. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the, the songs I'm talking about? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there was them, so they were like, okay, fine, you know, you've done your work, so we're going to go do our work, so we don't want no pigeons. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Right, okay, um, Yolanda, how about you? What do you think about, you know, negative reviews? How do you cope with them? Me personally, I, I think a review is a review. I mean, even a bad review is a good review. <laughs> you know, I would rather have reviews period you know because people are always going to have something to say you know everything is not going to be everyone's cup of tea you know what i mean but it's okay we need the good and the bad yeah you know so i i, I get excited just just give me a review you know <laughs> and, and then on amazon they're just looking for reviews you know they don't they don't they don't look if it's good or better get the stars and stuff like that but i think that as authors we want people to give us their honest opinion because they're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Sarah said, if you want to do better, write a book. You know, I had someone say to me, oh, the next book you write, let me know so I can edit it for you. I said, no, boo, the next book <laughs> you write, you edit that, <laughs> you know? So, you know, people are going to say what they're going to say. My whole thing is just buy the book. Right. Right. I can't worry about that. You know what I mean? So my whole thing is I don't even like to go back too much and see what comments people are seeing because it takes up too much of your time anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, so we love reviews. Reviews! <laughs> yeah, but then, don't you feel that reviews can actually help you grow as well? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Look, yeah, look at some of the um, actors, the stars out here. Some of the um, the reviews they get from people. Yes, yes. Oh, Let's say are, that. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. so my whole thing is Sometimes a little scandal is good. <laughs> you know, I, I have these pictures that's under my mattress. If somebody happens to find them, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Good scan. Sometimes scandal is good. People get to know who you are. Do you think those stars run away and never come back, back out again? No. So we as authors, we need to be more visible too. People don't look at us the same way they look at those stars. You know what I mean? So if you got a little scandal about me, yeah, I was homeless. So go buy, go buy my book. Go buy Sharon's book. We've been through something. So that's uh -huh. enough scandal right there. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> buy our book. Right. Exactly. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That, like you said, the celebrities, they, they get hammered on reviews. Like you can see mm -hmm. a posting on something and they'll see a hundred million somethings underneath it. Well, she shouldn't have did that. She should, well, you, you can't tell anybody how to live their life or you can't tell anybody how to write their story. So I just kind of yes, say, right. right, everybody's, like you said, entitled to their opinion, good, bad, and ugly. And if you read it, hey, I'm glad you read it. That means you bought it. <laughs> so <laughs> it work, <laughs> works for you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So something happened. I just remembered. So the other day, you know, um, I was I ordered something from you know a small business, um, 
store that they had actually, you know, um, started doing online delivery. And on their website, you know, it said that it takes them, you know, one to three days, you know, for them to deliver your item, right? So I thought, okay, that seems like a reasonable, you know, thing, um, you know, delivery time frame. So I place the order and then I get an auto, you know, um, confirmation, you know, as per normal, which I thought was fine. So I was expecting that, you know, within 24 hours, I would get a follow on, you know, email to say, right, your order has now been processed and your order is now on its way to you. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can have an expected delivery date of one day time or two days time, right? Or at the very least, you know, if I go into my account, I will then be able to see that it's been processed. So two days, you know, after, you know, the day, right, so I ordered it on a Saturday, I excluded Mon- um, Sunday because Sunday is not a working day. So I then waited Monday for that confirmation email and because I went into their um, account and it just kept saying pending. So on the Tuesday, I went into the account again, it kept saying pending. So I thought, okay. So what's going to happen? Am I going to receive it tomorrow? But then if it's not been processed yet, is that going to be three days from when it's being processed? You know, what exactly is going on? So you go on their website, there isn't a telephone number. It says email. Great. So I emailed. Three hours, four hours later, I still haven't received the reply. So I went on Google and I searched for the animals to get me a telephone number. So I got a telephone number and I called them. And the person who I spoke to says, you need to send an email. You've just come through to the shop. That is a different department. I'm like, look, I have sent an email. Can you not understand? I have sent an email, but nobody has replied to me. The person says, just send an email. And then the person hung up, right? Okay. So I got annoyed. So I sent another email, right? And I said, look, right, I've sent an email. And you guys haven't replied to me to let me know, you know, whether my order has been processed when I'm going to get it. So, you know, if I don't hear from you, you know, by four o'clock, you know, I'm going to have to cancel my order. A few hours later, I get a reply, right? Do you know what the reply says? Hmm. We will not be threatened, right? So we are hmm? canceling your order. What? Hmm. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. So I, I was so annoyed. So I went to their Facebook page and I left a review and I said, you know what? This was really bad customer service. And then do you know what the business person there, the person who manages their Facebook page does? Okay. I said, well, you're too uneducated to go and read our terms and conditions. So we're oh. glad to not have served you wow. because you're a rude person. And I'm like, what? And so it really got me thinking. And, you know, because I've been on Goodreads and I've seen, you know, um, bloggers who would put, you know, our reviews are our personal opinions. So if you know that you're not going to become comfortable with whatever opinion I have of your book and you're going to come into, you know, a battle with me and fight with me and start, you know, harassing me because I've given you my opinion, then you might as well not, you know, ask me to review your book. And it just mm-hmm. really got me thinking, you know, that, you know, how do people actually cope with negative reviews? Because for me, if there was a negative review, I will always try to analyze it because there's always room for improvement because sometimes it's maybe might be, because I find that the way, my head and i'm not going to even try to speak for everybody else is that sometimes i might have an idea in my head right but it's like you know a bowl of you know spaghetti right it's all told you know covered everywhere and you know so for you to then take it out so that somebody else who is not in your head can actually understand it you just Mm -hmm. need to take strand by strand and straighten it out 
strand by strand and straighten it out. That's where sometimes, you know, and then because I remember when I was writing my um one of my previous books, you know, I thought I had said something, right? Because obviously it's in my head. I already know the beginning and the end. I know where I'm going. But it, in my head, when I was writing and I was going, you know, you get trigger happy with your keyboard. And then someone goes, oh, yes, but you've not put this bit in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually. You know, and I feel that, you know, personally, that, you know, it can actually help you because you've experienced it, you know, like for you guys, or, you know, the story's in your head. And sometimes because it's in your head, you know everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. then conveying that thing that is in your head, that's possibly where some people may fail. That's true. That's true. You're not getting full understanding of what you're saying, what you what you're trying to convey to them, so it gets lost in translation, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then also, um, like you said, if you're asking for my review, if you're asking people to give a review, you have to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. You you know you have to be prepared for what people may say, but you can't get mad and fire back at them. You know what I mean? You can't get into this battle. So for that business, what they were supposed to do was take the licking, take what the customer said, and just move on. Not no respond back. Like really? I know. No. Yeah. I was. I know. I just. You know, that's funny because see, by the time they got done, they would have been screenshot everywhere. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> knock it off. You're selling the product. Right. And, you know, we are supposed to satisfy the customer, not get angry at the customer, but like, oh, we done canceled your order. Really? Okay. Yes, exactly. And I'm thinking, this is money, right? Times are hard. People are looking for money. And only an idiot, right, mm-hmm. would reject hmm. somebody. Really? Wow. So, well, yeah. you don't need their business anyway. And it gave us a good topic for today. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, so we're, you know, they'll be fine and we'll be fine too because now I've learned some stuff, you know, as an author, you know, mm-hmm. not to, you know, take things so personal when people say, you know, certain things to me, you know, you can't fire back at them or nothing like that. You'd be like, okay, well, I'll try to write my book next time for you only. That's all, <laughs> that's all you can say, you know, can't get yeah. angry and can't go to social media with it because you are now a celebrity. So you cannot fire back at the customer exactly you know which is what you know which is what i but i thought you know what i would like to hear what other people think you know because i thought it was really unprofessional you know of this of this you know business and i mean yes it's a small business owner but for them to now actually go on public you know on facebook and write well you're too uneducated to read terms and conditions and i was like wait wow you cannot confirm you cannot reply to an email you cannot update your you know your back end to let me know that my order is being processed and you're telling me that i can't read terms and conditions hmm. Hmm. Well, that's why your order wasn't ready because they was on facebook <laughs> <laughs> they was too busy on facebook writing re- comments right filling out orders you know what i mean i can ma'am i can't fulfill your order i'm on facebook making a comment to you like no i don't want to see you on facebook i don't want to see you on i don't how do you have time to respond back to me on facebook but you don't have time to answer the phone or answer me through your business email but you're on facebook okay yeah and i think the customer service versus um 
a customer service review versus a book review or like kind of a little bit of a different arena because if I'm expecting a service out of you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'm one of these people, I have no tolerance for customer service. My husband could tell you, he'll be like, oh gosh, she's gonna blow if she doesn't get <laughs> right customer service. And I will just blow a gasket because I was in customer service mm -hmm. at one point in my life and I had to provide nothing but excellence when I gave mm. customers. So I expect it back. Yeah. And so when I put out a book, yes, I deliver that book with customer service excellence. And I try to give that, you know, wholehearted excellence through the book and whatever it is. Now, I'm, I don't force anybody to buy the book. It's not a necess necessity of life for customer service. That's a different thing. So if you read the book, you chose to read it. I didn't force you. I'm not trying to give anything back. If it worked for you, great. Um, so I, I feel a little bit of difference on it, but I understand where you're coming from. It's like, well, I wouldn't want anybody to kind of blast me out on Facebook or social media and say, oh my gosh, this is a terrible book. Don't read it. Um, of course, I would address it at that point. Is that person doing a refund on the book? Not really, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, um, pass it on to somebody else who may be able to receive it better. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know. I think a review, be it a customer service review, a product review, a book review, they are, in my opinion, I think they're quite similar, um, in the sense about how you respond. <laughs> Sorry, I turned off my phone, and for some reason, it rebooted itself. Uh oh. <laughs> right, my my phone seems to be possessed with a poltergeist or something. But yes, I switched it up, and it seems to have just turned itself. You know, on. But yeah, sorry, where was I? Um, yeah, I think they're quite, you know, because for instance, you know, I say to authors that I feel that as an author, you're a brand, you're a business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so people have, you know, like you said, quote unquote, you're a celebrity, so you're in the public eye. And so how you behave in the public space, people are watching you. You know, you might not realize this, but there are actually people who are watching you and, you know, sort of waiting for you to, you know, put something out of line. So, mm -hmm. And so for me, I've seen situations where people I've not seen, I've heard of situations where people or authors get upset with certain reviews and they go, but that review was unfair. You did, are you sure you read the book? And they start going into this, you know, back and forth um, with the reviewer, you know, and saying, you know, because obviously, you know, it's the review is there to help other people. And so they then feel that, oh, the review is not, um, it's not fair or is not true or something. And then there's also times when there have been trolls. Okay, you learn a lot of things when you're on Goodreads. Apparently there are some trolls who just go out there and then when they see you act um, in a certain way that they feel is not good, then they go on your books and start leaving lots of negative comments, trying to get a rise out of you. So I think it's kind of like the same. So yes, it's not a customer service thing, but it's all, you know, I think it's like a learning opportunity. So when something happens, you know, do you then, you know, give in and then start respond? Or do you take it, you know, privately to say, oh, okay, what can I do differently? What can I learn from this situation? Because I personally like to look for opportunities to learn because you can never know everything. No one is the smartest in the world, you know. So I always look for opportunities to learn. I always read stuff to see, okay, well, what can I do differently in the future? You know, that sort of thing. Mm. This is true. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know how I could change. I can't change what I published out already. Of course. It's out there and it's kind of like, um, maybe I can talk to that person, but I don't know that I can change their opinion. And 
and course, you know i'm trying to change people's opinions well i don't think so but i just think that sometimes you know when you the different reviews you might see a trend and you might think oh okay actually i didn't realize this and so next time you then you know put that thing you've possibly learned into your next work so that you're not then making that same mistake i think mm-hmm. yeah and then it required you to dialogue with that person and get specifics like what didn't you think was on point or can you give me some feedback a lot of times the reviews that may be on amazon or or like the lady just said nothing spectacular Hmm. and so i was well what do you mean nothing what specifically wasn't spectacular and she just kind of gave an overall blanket view so um Mm -hmm. yeah you just ignored that one <laughs> I don't. I hate reviews. So you do, I, I hate you know, like. Oh, I just don't like it. I'm like, well, that's as useful as dry paint. Um, right. You know. <laughs> so if you were going to, I don't mind if someone wanted to give me a one star, but then it should be like, okay, right. Um, let's say for instance, let me just think. Uh, let's say. Oh, I'm trying to think now. Hmm. Let's say the book was supposed to be about dreams, right? Mm-hmm. But then somehow you then digressed and talked about something else. Okay. You know, and the person did that. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, maybe my presentation was not very good or the description was not very good. Maybe you then didn't manage the person's expectations of, you know, how, of what they would get when they read you know, your book. Or so okay. maybe if somebody's looking for a vegetarian book and then you say it's got vegetarian content and then all they find is meat recipes. Again, you know, so that could be something, you know, so, or then there are going to be some people who are like grammar Nazis, right? And they'll be like, oh my God, she didn't capitalize. She didn't put a comma here and she didn't put this, you know. So those kind of things, you, you can then say, okay, right. Okay, well, next time I will make sure that if any grammar Nazis are checking out my book, I, I will make sure that, you know, I, I get 10 different editors to go through it to make sure that all my T's are crossed and all my I's are dotted. And mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I get what you're saying with that. Um, just um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. But I, I understand how you could just kind of get certain people that will hone in on one thing. Like mm-hmm. if you read my book and, and say the dream book, it's just, okay, I talk about numbers and colors and maybe they wanted something more elaborate on it. I would love for Amazon or other book reviews to be a little more specific. And so it's like, is there a drill down? Can we say that there's a part you didn't like or didn't resonate? And so maybe I could grow a little bit more by what um, negative comments and say, okay, well, I needed you to emphasize more what happened in your childhood or what happened in your dreams more so that I could better write for the next book, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Very true. But then, so, you know, then, at, you know, sometimes being a creator for other people, sometimes you can spend so much time at the table trying to figure out who is this, you know, who is this going to fit? Like, you know, who is my audience, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and then that audience you're trying to capture, you be done capture a whole nother audience. You'd be like, uh, all men like my book. You'd be like, really? Well, where did that come from? <laughs> I didn't think about that. You know, because in, in my book, I have, in the back of it, I have my contact information. And I thought that I was writing, you know, to women, you know, don't be bitter, be better, how to get lemonade out of lemons. And then I find that 
my audience was men. It was more men liking my book. And, and see, men behind closed doors, behind the scene, they like to ask questions. So I was receiving emails mm. from men that I didn't even know saying to me, why did you write your book about me? Sir, I don't even know you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't even wow. know you. Because I had wrote this one story in there. It's called Crying is Just Not for Babies. <laughs> and, you know, didn't think any, you know, just wrote the story, but for men, a lot of men who read that particular story is just like captivated by it. like, hey, mm. I, maybe I do need to cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to cry because we think that crying, you're, you're, you can cry when you're a baby. No, you can cry tears of joy, tears of sadness. We can't keep holding everything in. So sometimes mm. even the audience we think we're trying to capture is not the audience that we're going to capture. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I experienced that with my first book um, about fatherlessness, and I kind of felt like I was writing it to the audience probably of the ages of 15 to 23. And one of my first um, speaking engagements, this woman who was German and probably 90 years old, she was like, is this about not having a daddy? I said, yeah. She said, I struggle with that. I was like, okay. <laughs> So you just never know. Yes, you never know. <laughs> very, 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 very true. Very good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes, awesome. very good topic. Yeah. So, any final words of wisdom? Because, you know, it's come to that time where I have to kick you ladies out. I love oh, you ladies, but I'm going to have to kick you out. Let me get a few more sips here. Um, <laughs> yes, let me just hurry. <laughs> let me get it all. Let me eat my cake first. Dang. <laughs> Do we have to leave a tip? Do I got change? I don't know. <laughs> so what final words of wisdom, you know, are you going to give to anyone, you know, who's had a negative review? I mean, we've talked about, you know, don't, you know, you have to have a thick skin. That is very, very important. And don't get into, you know, battles with people and start leaving <laughs> loads of stupid comments online on, or on Facebook or social media. But what final words of wisdom are you going to give? Um, for me, I would say continue to roll with the punches. Don't be discouraged. Let that be, um, you know, just a lesson and, and tuck it into your book of knowledge and your own thing and what you may want to do next if, if it affects your writing and your skills. But just keep pressing through. You know, you're going to take the good with the bad and just, just go with it. Continue to just be encouraged either way. Um, look at the good ones and the bad ones and just keep it all in stride, I would say. Fabulous, fabulous. And what about you, Yolanda? Um, I would say definitely the same thing that most writers are actually looking for some bad reviews. So you may have to find a friend and write something about you to get that scandal started. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying that don't pay too much attention to any of the reviews. Just keep being an author and just keep writing. You know, mm -hmm. because the good ones are going to come and the bad ones are going to come. But we just got to be, you know, mindful of the time we spend on reviews. That's true. Very yeah. true. And, you know, the thing is, you know, I think it's not just, you know, for instance, you know, let's say an ed editor, for instance, you know, an, an author might have given a bad review. Say the editor was on, you know, say Fiverr, for instance, because the editor didn't manage that client's expectations. You know, so the editor might go away thinking, oh, okay, so how can I manage my client's expectations next time of what I am capable of doing? Because there are different types of editing, right? So you might be only be doing, you know, one type, but then the person might have 
uh, another type of editing in their mind that they need to do it. And, you know, it's all about managing expectations and learning from your negative, you know, whatever feedback you get, even if it's not good, you know, to just sort of help you. Because I think I read somewhere that um, you don't learn from success, you learn from failure, and then it's supposed to help you through. Something along those lines, anyway. Um, you know, so, you know, there's nothing like failure, only growing opportunity or growth opportunity, something mm, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so if they then give you a negative review, then you need to think, oh, okay, so what can I do differently, um, you know, to make sure... Oh, did you ever watch The Circle? Is this new movie, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guy was then, you know, he was he was aiming to get a 100% customer service rating. And I think in that, episode, in that scene, you know, I think he had 97. So he then emails the person back oh, what could I have done differently? What can I make your, what could I have done to make your experience, you know, fantastic? And, you know, I think that's good. You know, so why someone's written your book? Because for me, right, when I, I don't like giving my family and my friends my books to read because they're always going to say it's nice. And I'm like, there's always room for what I want someone who is going to critique me and tell me what I have done wrong. Because seriously, right, if you just give it only to your friends and family, just like, oh, yes, it's so good. And you're like, Mm-hmm. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I have a typo somewhere that I've. I'm sure I've made you know bloopy somewhere, you know. Yes. So yes. you don't you don't grow by you know people always just telling you positive things. You know, positive doesn't really help it. It might stroke your ego, but it doesn't really help you to improve. I think. That's true. Yeah. Um, Anyways, okay, ladies, right. Oh, okay. You know, I was going to kick you out, but before I kick you out, Sharon, how can people remind people what's your book called? How can they get in touch with you if they wanted to get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There are two books available: Unfulfilled Desires about fatherlessness and Having Faith in Your Dreams about analyzing your dreams. I have a website at www.tuson t o o s o n town publishing dot com tucentownpublishing.com and I can be reached on there and my email and everything is on that website. The books are available by Amazon and Kindle as well. Fabulous. And how about you, Yolanda? How can people get in touch with you? Um, I can be reached um, through my website, which is www.dontbebitter.com or you can actually call me at 609-577-1173. The name of my book is Don't Be Bitter, Be Better, How to Get Lemons Out of Lemonade, which is available anywhere books are sold online. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you ladies here. Um, and I hope you've had, you know, you've enjoyed your time in my cafe as well. Yeah, oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. But by the way, um, Sharon, I think your daughter is very pretty. She's, oh, she's very photogenic. She is, and she's got her own uh, YouTube channel, so that's just her little thing. <laughs> oh, what is, what's, what's her channel about? She does little adventures throughout the day, and she likes to share. It could be anything from her doing cartwheels to playing the piano or uh, singing or dancing, and she just calls it Faith Adventures, so that's her. Oh, that's nice. Okay, seriously, I will have to catch you out now because I've been saying this for a while. It's kind of like my daughter, when I want to send her to bed, I'm like, okay, in 30 minutes time, you're going to bed. And I keep having, okay, ladies, right. We, we, <laughs> now, bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much. Have a great day.